0: This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film about time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else.
1: I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. A special guest for this week, Sean German. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 so minute 80 opens with the dad saying that'll be her and Mary says we'll wait until Auntie Kit Kat gets here. Jimmy says well he opens the door and we, we, we get Jimmy who says hey and I love the whole way that this entire exchange that we're about to get is shot like it's, so, it's shot so differently to the rest of the film
0: oh yeah because it starts normal and then starts getting tighter on their faces
1: I, I think on the commentary they said who needs to see people's lips while they're talking or their foreheads it's
0: like, well, I, I think it sets this moment apart from others. Yeah, it yeah. works because with the handheld camera, it's even hard to like keep it steady on the eyes or the mouth.
2: Yeah, there's more camera movement being handheld.
0: And actually, I'm noticing this more and more
1: with the film. I mean, this is this is our first like sad moment. I think, isn't it? Yeah. That every sad moment is following quite an upbeat or like fun or funny scene, like. Later on, when we hear the dad's unwell, it's after that whole changing dresses scene. Mm,
0: and yes, yeah. we've got
1: Mary getting a bit angry afterwards, but like for the most part, that's what we've got. We've got the comedy of that. The dad dies... Well, even just that after is funny, because
0: get... he's trying to get away from her the reverse time that he can.
1: Yeah. And the dad dies just after that wonderful golden Them Hills montage. And there are other bits, and I can't think what they are. I think it's good and significant that we, that we have these big... Scenes like this, you know, that the, these big emotional scenes are seen after we see everyone happy, Cause it just makes it harder and more of a shock as it was for Tim at this moment. We'd imagine. Tim says, "Jimmy, where's my sister? So I thought she was here." So this is our first dialogue from Jimmy, right? I
2: think,
0: uh or the first she that we had a line here. in the years.
1: Yeah, the, and actually, I think he might be saying something briefly to the waitress earlier on, but yeah. it's,
0: it's he liked how she said "yummy." Yeah,
1: it's the first that we properly acknowledge who he is. Thought she was here. No, she hasn't arrived. Jimmy says, That's not good. She says, What does that mean? Well we had our argument this morning over nothing. But uh, she'd been drinking, so then she ran out to get the car to come here and I told her to meet me here, so and then we sort of don't hear him, everything goes out of focus. And Tim says there's a song by Baz Luhrmann called Sunscreen. Um Wow, you're prep on this, I think you're you're next to talk Robert <laughs> <laughs>
0: i just point out technically it's not called that and it's not by Boz Lerman. He just produced it. Uh, it's called Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Taken from a commencement speech written by Mary Schmick for a Chicago Tribune column called Advice Like Youth Probably Just Wasted on the Young. What a oh, good... <laughs> <laughs> Narrated by Lee Perry and Sam- it samples Rosala's Everybody's Free to Feel Good which Boz Lerman had used in Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yeah, I think it, it had been... There was a whole thing in the commentary as well as it was like Possibly one of the only films wherein another director is referenced, but in terms of music and yeah, not like, as a
0: director. Yeah, yeah.
1: interesting because I mean he's done musicals obviously, but I'd never really thought of him as a music person. But of course, but he, he
0: just was. he just produced it, and it's a, a Australian voice actor doing the reading. Someone else wrote it, but uh Lerman did make I think two different music videos for it though.
1: He must have liked it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was fairly popular briefly. The top ten in the UK. Uh, I think it was number forty-five in the US. I forget the other numbers I saw.
1: Is is the rest of the song relevant to that? um The quote that he says.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you could look in my notes. With all the red stuff there. It's, yeah, it's like
1: it's thing. like several pages. <laughs> yeah. Well, so how many pages in your notes? It's a long song.
0: I even made a font smaller for it.
1: <laughs> so you've got about a third of a page. Then you've got. A whole page, then you've got another whole page, yeah. and then a tiny bit on the top, so it's about two, two and a quarter, no, two and a third, and maybe two and a half pages mm-hmm. worth of lyrics in your notes, so. Well,
0: it's a, I think the long version of the song is seven minutes, and spoken word, so. But it, it fits the themes of the movie though, cause it's about, like, I mean, this line he gives, worrying about the future is effective as trying to solve an algebra equ- equation by chewing bubblegum, is one of the more flippant lines of the song.
1: I will definitely listen to it after recording.
0: Now Sean, you're old enough to know this song. Do you, did you care for it when it came out?
1: <laughs> no.
2: Uh, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I do remember it, it, the first time it made the rounds and
0: it's, yeah, for the most part, it's decent advice, um, but there's, there's a few lines in it that are really cool, but overall it's like, that's a lot of cheese. As a song, it's not terribly interesting.
1: Interesting that we, it, Like, I feel like most films would reference a song and then play it in the end credits or something.
0: This would be a weird one to... In the end credits, I guess it could work. It'd be weird to put this in a movie because it's spoken word and not singing.
2: But maybe that's why over the credits...
0: And it was a weird thing because I didn't get
2: the reference. Like, I had no idea who Baz Luhrmann was. So I had to look it up. And then as soon as I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, it's the song where the person's giving all this, you know, advice over a soundtrack. You know, know, I I knew at the instant... But I don't, re- you know, when I looked it up, I knew it right away, but I don't, rec- by that name, that reference, and maybe that's just me, but I didn't get it at all, because I have no idea. I still don't know who Baz Luhrmann is. The
1: mm. yeah, thing is, I know who Baz Luhrmann is, but the context of music, <sighs> mm-hmm. through me, like, I'd heard the name, and I didn't go, oh, it's that director. I was like, it must be a musician I've heard of. Yeah. So sure. it was only literally when we were doing here, and I think I, I literally... Googled the name Baz Luhrmann, didn't even click enter, but once I typed the words out, I was like, "Of course, Moulin Rouge."
0: Yeah, and strictly ballroom, and Romeo and Juliet. Australia, right? Yes. Did he oh, do? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, was,
1: I haven't actually, I haven't seen Australia, but I know it exists.
0: <laughs> oh, the the and, movie or, uh, the, or the, the country? Great Gatsby. <laughs> He's from the country. Yes. I don't know. I don't remember if he had anything to do with the movie. Hang
1: on. Let me let me check. Directed by. Come on, come on! Please prove me right. It'll be awesome if I was right. Story by Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, screenplay, story. There, go. there we go. Um, I I I know something yeah. about a film. Oh, and, I don't know uh, anything else about.
2: By, he directed it.
0: Hmm.
1: I say I don't. I, I genuinely don't know what the film's about. Anything about it? I think I mentioned it once. and My parents were like, "Oh, we saw it." Australia. In <laughs> yeah.
0: It's about stuff happening in Australia during World War Two.
1: Is it worth watching? Because it's one of those ones that my parents yeah. referred to as boring, but they've also referred to lots of good films as boring.
0: It's, it's not that memorable. I, I know there's a love story to it, I've, and there's, it's interesting historically, because you don't think about Australia being involved.
1: No, I guess. I think the only reason it caught my attention was my sister went through a phase of being obsessed with Moulin Rouge, and incidentally with Les Mis. So, like, coming across Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman in a film from the director of Moulin Rouge, it was like, should I get this film for my sister? And then it's like, actually, it's two hours and 45 minutes of Instead, get her drama. a
0: Strictly Ballroom. Because mm-hmm. it's much better. I don't know that yeah. either, I don't think. That's his earlier one. Which, the B-side when this was released was uh, Love is in the Air, which was in that movie. Hmm.
1: That makes sense. Strictly Ballroom? Yeah, I don't think I, I know that at all. I feel like if I heard someone say Strictly Ballroom, I'd assume our TV show Strictly Come Dancing. Mm-hmm. Do you get that in the States? No. Because it seems to be a big deal here, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's just, like, professional dancers paired with celebrities doing, like...
0: Oh, we have a show like that, Yeah, Dancing with the Stars.
1: I will I will look into Strictly Ballroom as well at some point. But yes, yeah, so the, the, the quote he says, he says, worrying about the future is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life will always be things that never cross your worried mind. And we get this shot of Kit Kat being hit by the car while well, in the car crash and it was joked because they said about how bad lydia who plays kit kat is at driving they joked in the commentary that they had to add this whole subplot because they got her to drive the car and it
0: crashed they filmed it <laughs> so well, they were well, like yeah, she we "Better write hit. she hits someone her car hits the other one oh my
1: well she's been drinking yeah. uh-huh. which is really irresponsible for jimmy right for her to have had an argument and be drinking and he's like all right i'll walk you take the car
2: shock it turns out jimmy's irresponsible who would have seen that coming?
1: Never have expected it.
0: But yeah, it doesn't make much sense.
1: The little respect I have for Jimmy, this still takes it too far.
0: Well, he he does say she ran out to get the car and he said he'd meet her there. Maybe he just like yelled at her she's already getting in the car. We don't know that Jimmy's horrible yet. I mean, if it's walking distance anyway.
1: I mean, unless they've got a big present, I guess. I don't know.
0: She has an even larger bear in the trunk of the boot.
1: She was planning, she didn't realize Uncle Desmond had already come, he was her present. She was just gonna bring Uncle Desmond.
0: What's even more irresponsible, well, she thought Desmond was in the booth?
1: <laughs> She's wrapped him up in a box.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't
1: even know why I said that to be honest, I don't know where the, where the thought of her bringing Desmond as a present has come yeah. from, but I like it as a concept. Okay. Well Desmond but is, it's... he is
2: bigger than the baby. So if she's the godmother, yes. then that satisfies that requirement.
1: But yeah, I really like the, the, the close-up that we get and how sort of slow motion, when, when he's doing the narration, like the, the different cuts of Tim's mm-hmm. reaction with the out-of-focus background, mm-hmm. it's brilliantly yeah. done. Because it's jarring, but deliberately jarring. Then the car crash is great. Well, shot great, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although Weird there's th- a mistake in that shot, though. Is there? What's the mistake?
0: Uh, when the, when her car hits the other and you get the wide shot, you can see the police motorcycle blocking the street down the way. Oh yeah. Good. Sp- I only had it paused because I was trying to figure out what street it was on. <laughs> nice. It's the intersection of Colville and Lonsdale in Notting Hill. See, I need
1: to go to Notting Hill. Like, I keep, you I see keep a lot saying of stuff this. from his movies. Yeah. I mean, I did say before that the day that I'd planned to go to Notting Hill, we didn't get there in time, but on, on the way, I, bumped into Hugh Bonville, <laughs> so that's something. <laughs> I was like, should I go to Notting Hill now? We'll do it another time. Oh, look, there's Hugh Bonville.
0: Yeah. It was like, yeah. It's a sign of something.
1: Maybe all the casts would be there. The, cl- the, f- the closer I get to Notting Hill, the more Richard Curtis cast are there.
0: He'd be filming a new movie there right when you go.
1: I, right, if I was there for the for that film awards ceremony and then I turned up and there was a Richard Curtis movie <laughs> being filmed, I wouldn't go to the awards ceremony. <laughs> That's fine. That'd be the year I win. <laughs> it'd, be the, <laughs> it'd be the final chime.
0: That's a story to tell later.
1: The goodie the goody bags of that film ceremony so are great. But incidentally now I won't be under the under sixteen category, so I probably can't don't really stand anything of a chance at all now.
0: Not with that attitude.
1: Well, I I I'd like to think I do, but I don't really have the money that these other short film over sixteen people have. Unless I mean, anyone on anyone's listening to the show wants to pay me. Email in, luke at lukehalland.co.uk. i give you permission (laughs) to give me- Well, I've heard that
2: if you win, they will give you money that you can then use on your next film.
1: So I just need to do some sort of weird time travel thing, where I win the money for the film before I make it.
0: And then I'm good. You
2: you win, you take the money, you send it back in time,
0: to make the film that you win. Now, can Tim take- Tim can take things with him, can he leave them there?
1: Wait. Right, that that this is a weird concept because Tim can take Kit Kat with him, mm-hmm. but he can't can't take his clothes with him.
0: Well, he but he doesn't show up. Oh, right, he takes her because she was there at the time. Oh, then he could take stuff. He could get a bunch of money, take it back there because now he that money did exist at that time period as long as it yeah, was printed. Yes, yeah, so, so does
1: that mean? Does that mean backwards. that? Does that mean that wherever that money was, it just vanishes? <laughs> that's
0: that's debatable because that's something the movie doesn't tell you. Is how does he always get into the cupboard in the past? I assume in the past, Tim at that point just has a weird inkling to go yeah. into a cupboard. Well,
2: so does, you know but why. yeah. So does he show up where he was at that time, or does he show up? He shows up in the in the dark space that he's in. So
0: in at apartment. some
2: point in the past, a young man just appears inside a office at. Abbey Road Studios.
0: Yeah. Okay. Better hope it's not occupied then.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's an odd and interesting idea. I, 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 I mean, I imagine, right, like winning, like taking the prize money with you, but then the person whose, like, wallet it comes from, like the person who w- runs the whole operation or whatever, it's just like, you know, she's just taking money out of the bank and then it's just not there.
0: Right, but the bank's insured, so they still would have had money to give them in there present it's
1: fine but um they said that you can't use it for money because it utterly screwed up his grandfather's life left him without love nor can't remember the rest
0: it's because he got competitive in filmmaking so <laughs> it's obviously. yeah yeah
1: anyway we'll get back to this have we got any other final comments on minute 60 not 60 minute <laughs> 80
0: 80 cat's <laughs> car is a panda
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we it's purple like existed. the cupcake well we knew it was purple we'd seen it before but he hasn't seen what kind of car it is. Yeah. Panda 1000. It's a Fiat, which also marries it, so I'm wondering if Fiat yeah, was involved with the movie. Because they don't make a big point of showing what kind of car it
1: is. Would car companies, like, not mind you filming their car getting really damaged in a car crash?
0: She survives. She That's survives. If the car doesn't. We I mean, don't know. They could fix it. Yeah, I guess. That she survives is a positive for the car.
1: So, yeah, um, so Sean, we gave you a bonus minute. Hopefully, yeah? you
0: did. <laughs> I minute, one minute. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I don't know what the bonus minute we gave you was because I tend to forget instantly. Uh, but it makes the show more interesting. So, could you tell us either the title of the file we gave you or what happened in the scene? <laughs> no, well, the title of the happens. file
2: was was bonus minute. um Actually, oh, did I, I, did
1: I not even put the number in the? no the you title? did.
2: I know uh, I, you did put the number. I just wasn't going to tell you. Um, but it's the it's it's the New Year's Eve party from the beginning. It's actually where we first see Kit Kat
1: and Jimmy. Oh, okay, and um and Tim doesn't kiss. It's that minute. Oh, it's New Year's. This is really well timed because I was just thinking today, Robert, about the fact that you told me to do a New Year's Eve one because you had a note about Polly. That do you remember your note?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I had to think about it. Wow.
1: Because I because I, I forgot that you told me to do that, and I was only thinking today I need to do that. So it's good that we have done that.
0: <laughs> so it's good that you did it then.
1: What's, what's your what's your note on Polly?
0: Well, it's the name Polly, where it comes from. Polly and Molly are both nicknames for Mary. So she is the third Mary in this movie.
1: Huh? How did you find that out?
0: I don't remember.
1: <laughs> I find it weird as someone calling someone called Mary Polly.
0: Yeah, I've never heard that. I've never heard Polly as a some weird some nicknames are weird because they'll just. They'll shorten it to Molly, and then they'll switch out continents, where you get, like, the Jack for John and stuff like that. Well, that's constant, but
1: Yeah, it's it's strange.
0: But that means his mother, his wife, and the New Year's kiss are all the same name.
1: Hmm. I wonder what a psychiatrist could read into Tim's (laughs) draw to Mary. Is it some sort of... Oh, heck, I forgot the name of the... Who is it who said that everyone wants to kill their father and sleep with their mother? What was his name? oedipus
2: oedipus yeah oedipus thing there we go <laughs> i don't know if he, oh my if God, he that's what say he, that but... that's what he
1: does he kills that's his, what he does he kills his father essentially to have a child with a and woman he... who shares the name with his mother yeah yeah what kind of twisted complex.
2: perverted movie do you have us watching
1: <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that this film happened to fit into the oedipus complex thing i assume there's more context to that oedipus thing than just that Yes. But that's all I've—that's all I've ever heard. So it's always just been strange. But yeah, I don't know anything else that Oedipus did. However, I just feel like that's the thing that's referenced <laughs> all the time.
0: That's what he's really known for. That's the main. He thing. was a king of Thebes, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what else happens.
1: <laughs> oh, he married his mother. Yeah,
0: yeah. That
1: makes more sense. And they have four children. Well, had four children, I assume. It says have, but. I assume they're
0: dead. Well, you talk about stories in the present tense.
1: Oh, he's, is he fi- he's fictional then? That's where I'm getting my confusion. He's well,
0: myth- if not, he's, mythological. He's, he's Yeah, he's dead either way.
1: Right. At this point. That makes, that makes the, more the sense. The story much, is a, a, is a fictional story. I thought that Oedipus was like, was like someone who'd, like a philosopher who decided that this, this idea, that makes more sense. Okay. So yeah, Sean, what are your overall thoughts of that bonus minute though? because we obviously don't look at it in as much detail, but what impressions do you get from it?
2: Yeah. Well, it's an interesting look back on, on Tim as, as a younger man and, and how he's grown and changed. And it's um um interesting. And the, the way he, when he says, sorry, like not, not he, kissing Polly, that's understandable. I could see myself in that situation, maybe not shaking hands the way he does. That's really weird, but not necessarily knowing, you know, or not having the confidence to just go in and, and, and kiss a girl but when he and then but he immediately knows he's done the wrong thing yep. and it's probably not too late to do the right yeah, that's thing that's what
1: i've always thought yeah
2: but then he just says sorry it's like well if you you know and again and I, I i could see myself in this situation and continuing to do the wrong thing even as you know it's not right yeah you should immediately correct it be like oh sorry i was nervous
0: and then you go ahead
2: yeah if he had just spun her around and give her the new year's kiss at that point all would have been forgotten the awkwardness of a handshake and he would have been okay. But instead, he almost makes it worse. He should have just left, just hightail it out of there. Just remove yourself from the the situation entirely. Saying sorry, I think just draws attention
0: to the faux pas, makes it worse. Well, then he fixes it later, but then he does fix it later in a little while. He's going to reverse his fixing it. But, inadvertently i think by going back with uh kit kat so time
2: time travels it's tough it's complicated yeah it's poor polly to, a lot of ins a lot of outs poor polly we don't get yeah we don't know if polly hopefully polly has a happy ending but we don't
1: see it i don't know i wish we saw her at the wedding or something like i i i feel for polly like yeah. i want to i want to I wanna follow polly's story i want to know who polly is why there's all these young people at their parents new year's party
0: yeah. Well, he also he also gets Jimmy to hook up with the waving girl, so now the guy she was talking to ends up alone. So Tim's just ruining lives. Yeah.
2: I kind of would have. It would have been a nice callback if Polly had a number during that one wedding toast. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, because she's, she's not the there, zero. so apparently he <laughs> she's the one. Uh, he never gets past the handshake. I guess you wouldn't have in in the states. There's a um, there's baseball Basins, terminology. Yeah. Mm. There's like first base, second base. There's I know of cricket it. Cricket
0: related.
1: A, it's a very American thing. <laughs> That's why there's
2: eight. Yeah. It's cricket. Yeah, cricket's entirely different. It was doesn't. There's only two bases, so it's not the same.
1: Yeah. How is it? What is the eight?
2: Where
0: does that come from, Luke?
1: I don't know. I don't. I, I don't like <laughs> sports.
2: Well, is that so? The the that the system during that toast. The yeah, the eight point scale is that something just from this movie or is that a?
1: I think so. Is that
2: something? In I think it's Britain just from this England?
1: movie. Okay. I'm 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 currently researching rounders to see if it comes from rounders at all. <laughs> yeah. um, no idea. I when I play rounders, I understand it, but looking at stuff now, like it's like I've just forgotten. It's mm-hmm. been it's been months since PE. All right, like
2: <laughs> <laughs> months. The the other note I had on this bonus minute is the choice of song uh, could not be more wrong. I I dislike the song particularly. I dislike. It's the, um, I Will Always Love You. I think you go with the Dolly Parton version.
1: Oh, I, I, I Whitney thought by Houston. song you meant, you meant push the button that's playing earlier on. Oh, no, that's I fine. mean, I mean, okay. the,
2: after when the, when the, uh, when it strikes midnight and everyone's kissing that, the song that they're playing that. No, the earlier song's fine.
1: It's, a, it's, it's a well-planned DJ or mix, whatever they've got that the moment it turns midnight, mm-hmm. it goes to the chorus of a Whitney Houston song that wasn't playing earlier.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if that's, I, I presumed it was diegetic that who's was yeah ever I, I,
1: I thought it was diegetic, but non-diegetic whoever's, would make more sense.
2: <laughs> yeah. Whoever's spinning tunes at this party, because it's like, we see with the case with Tim and Potter, like there are, there are people at this party who are not with a romantic partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever spouse, you know, they're not with a significant other. Um, and then it's, you know, as soon as it's midnight new year and it's playing, I will always love you. It's like, well, if you're not, and I, I, interpret the song as the love between two people. I guess it could be, you know, the love of a fine cigar or something like that, but it just seemed like an odd way to start the year. If you're not, you know, if, if you're with your romantic partner and you can kiss them at the stro- stroke of midnight and it's playing the song, like maybe that's romantic. But if you're like Tim here, who doesn't have anyone, it was very lonely and awkward and then here
1: it's, you know... Is it, is it just a UK thing, or is it an American thing as well? That when it strikes, like, hits midnight, you sing "Old Lang Syne?
0: Yeah, that's a that's, more traditional yeah.
1: thing, thing. I don't know where you do it at a party of this scale. I think it'd be more fun to do it at a party of this scale. Mm-hmm. You know, when you all go in the circles, and you cross your hands over, and yeah. yeah. I always get my dog it, involved. It's quite impressive. Yeah. Does
0: your dog know the words?
1: Um, I, unfortunately not. I don't think he particularly <laughs> likes me grabbing his paws and crossing them over either, but no. it happens every year. Incidentally, one thing I forgot to say uh, was that, was when we have the, just in terms of music, when we have the first meeting, not well, the first meeting, uh, on Monday when we had Harry and the aunt, the song that's playing is Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Mm. Um, and then we talk about that's music. That's the one that Domo
0: picked, right? Yeah.
1: No, no it's not. The one that he picked was the one that when they were on the stairs. Uh. And I couldn't find out what it was called. So, Sean, if you had to go back in time to any moment in your life to either relive it or change something... He said
0: if he had to. <laughs> I love it. We're forcing you now.
1: Yeah, If you had to, Sean... If you had to. There's no getting out of it. What moment of your life would it be? And yeah, hopefully I... not... Hope hopefully not you agreeing <laughs> to do this show.
2: Yeah. No, it would not be the moment I agree to do the show. Yeah, it, it. well, it's tough. Because as we've seen... There are unintended consequences. You can go back in time and change things you did not mean to change. I could go back in time and this podcast would cease to exist. So I, I don't want to risk changing any of the good stuff. Um, I'd probably go back to to my wedding and I think the thing change I would the Change the best man. <laughs> change the best man. I would, yeah, I would make my father my best man and then he would have to give a speech. I, what I would change is I would spend less time with the photographer. So during the reception, we, I got married in a very a rural Western part of Massachusetts in the United States on the side of a mountain in the fall. And during the winter, it's, it's actually a, I don't know, calling it a ski resort, maybe overselling it. This is, it's not, we're not, it's not Wyoming or Colorado with, with that kind of skiing, but it's a mountain that has skiing, but. When when there's no snow on the ground, they have weddings and stuff. And it was the fall, and the leaves were changing colors, and there was sunset. And the photographer took my wife and I outside to get all these pictures with the sun setting and trees and whatnot. And I think that went on a little bit too long. I mean, we got some great pictures. I'm glad we did it. But I also feel like we missed a chunk of the reception when everyone was dancing and um, and eating and drinking and everything else. So... I probably would go back and because I, I, and I also I think that's like a safe change. Like we'd still be married, it'd be the same bride. Like in terms of risking what what things I make change, what you know, the butterfly effect. I think I could spend more time in the reception and less time getting my picture taken, and not you know not not have unintended consequences too far and wide. So that mm, might be as that, far that, as I go. That's a good
1: thought through answer. I mean is it one of those things like when you look at like pictures or videos or stuff of the wedding and the reception and stuff is it almost that you that you see all the different people who were there and kind of wish you'd spoken or spent more time with those people while at that event at the wedding or
2: yeah because what we did so I guess it's it's tradition you're supposed to thank everyone or personally like address everyone personally and uh some weddings they'll have like a reception line where the the bride and groom and and Maybe some of their families stand at like the entrance to the hall where the reception or the dinner is being held and everyone walks by and that guarantees you kind of get to shake hands or hug and kiss like everyone as they come in. Well, we didn't do that. Uh, what we decided is so during the reception when everyone's sitting down and e- eating and drinking and whatnot, we would go around to all the tables and make sure we got to everyone that way, which we did. But that took quite a bit of time which I still think was the right move yeah. in that because if you do a reception line, then it you feels
1: like this... a chore, doesn't it as well? yeah. And
2: then people are just standing there waiting, you know, waiting to, to meet you. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not the queen. People don't need to line up just to see me. So that just us going around to make sure we, we spent at least a little bit of time with everyone that took up a lot of time. And then we ended up spending a lot of time getting pictures taken. So there wasn't a lot. And like, this is probably typical of most bride and groom. Like we didn't have a lot of quote unquote free time to, to just kind of hang out and enjoy and spend a little bit more time with, with certain people. So um, yeah. Cause I think it also, like I, my life took a very strange path and there are, and I'm sure this is true for, for many, if not most people that there are a lot of different times when I very easily could have gone a different direction and things would have turned out vastly different. So I don't want to, and I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm like, I can't imagine it being much better than it is. So I really don't want to, I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I'm kind of like, you know, this crazy path took me to where I am. So let's not change anything too big.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good, a really good answer. I mean, I think from, from what you're saying, I mean, obviously I don't have the experience of getting married, but I mean, looking at these, like, I, I always tend to find that whenever you have these big. Social events and stuff where like all of your friends from all your different social groups and stuff all get to be together. Mm It's, it it, it almost, yeah, it almost always tends to be a situation wherein you don't get to see all these different people meeting each other, which is always one of the elements I find most exciting whenever I, you know, whenever I'm involved in, like when my short film had its premiere or when I was baptized or things like that, when I'm seeing all these different people who have never met in the same room together, there's that level Mm -hmm. of sort of, uh... sort of excitement of that, hopefully, everyone understands what i'm saying that and it's not just a personal thing but yeah i think that's one of the that's well, one of the concepts i've always found exciting and looking forward to hopefully getting married in the future is almost the idea of being able to share that with so many people um so we tend to ask people if they've got any larger project that you want to specifically plug be it something that you're doing now or something you've done already that you just want to give a shout out to this friday
2: uh, well, I think it's worth mentioning once again for for listeners, if you're interested in movies that deal with time travel and reliving same events and uh, making mistakes and potentially learning and fixing them, then you might be interested in the movie Groundhog Day. And you might also be interested in a podcast called Groundhog Minute, where myself and my co-host Dave Pallas covered that film one minute at a time.
1: Hmm and I'll give a specific shout out to your National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation days as well as what introduced me to the whole world and uh, annoyingly I can't recommend it as a good introduction because everyone listening to this assuming is already introduced to this <laughs> to this format but if you want yeah. to introduce someone to the format and they happen to like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation it's a perfect way of doing it because it's you don't you're not you're dedicating so much time to it either are you You're... yeah
2: it was uh it was our buddy i think it was uh, our buddy Christopher Dennis DeGuardia who first noticed that that film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation happens on a certain number of days and given uh there's certain days where we see the advent calendar certain days we we don't we had to kind of calculate from context clues but we could figure out which days in December all the action in that film occurs it's over the course i think it was about 8 days so that we Broke the film down by a day and covered it in eight episodes, each one covering the action on a particular day. So, uh, it, it's a good introduction, as you said. So if someone who thinks, you know, watching a movie one minute at a time is, is they're not quite ready to make that leap, this is sort of a baby step. Well, how about we just watch a film one day at a time and then later we can break it down into minutes. But, uh,
1: yeah. It was fascinating as a, as, as the introduction and obviously, Christopher did the, the theme songs, as well, didn't he, for mm-hmm. your your show. And yeah, um yeah. you didn't you move on afterwards to do planes, trains and automobiles and things like that. Did you listen to the planes? I can't remember if I listened to the planes, trains, and automobiles, but that that was that under your umbrella or am I messing up? Yeah, yet?
2: so we we went ahead, we did planes, trains and automobiles. That's a little bit shorter, so that happens over three days leading up to Thanksgiving here in the states and then uh we followed that up with scrooge by it's weird the that it's
1: considered a christmas it's... film in the uk because <laughs> 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 we don't have thanksgiving train train automobiles are just considered a christmas film here it's weird
2: yeah i guess it makes sense it's got that sort of the sentiment is is similar between the two holidays i think in terms of it's families get together and usually there's a big meal involved and but me, like the theme, the theme of family and togetherness and counting your blessings and that sort of thing, being thankful. So if you don't have a Thanksgiving, yeah, but, uh, it could be a Christmas movie. So yeah.
1: So definitely to the listeners, your, your holiday themed shows are great ways to, to get into Move My Minute, or at least to just, if you're in between podcasts, it's a, it's a good thing to just spend a, a couple of podcast listening sessions on.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like it. And people can find, if they want a link directly to those holiday shows, if they go to groundhogminute.com, there's a link to those holiday specials. So they can go right to the Christmas vacation, the planes, trains, and automobiles, or, or anywhere else.
1: So, Sean, on social media, where can the listeners find you?
2: You can go to, find me, the, the website is catandsean.org for the, the current podcast. You can find us at NexinePod on Twitter. I think we're also on Instagram. And uh, also we've got a Facebook group the jelly
0: of the month club speaking of a uh, Christmas vacation
1: and Robert where can they find you
0: website lemmingdrops.com or social media Robert EG black the
1: listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle0 on Instagram at the ginger Luke on Facebook at Luke Allen film they can find this uh, this show among any other many other podcasts I do short films radio appearances newspaper articles all at luke this shows on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at two mins about time. You can also join our Facebook group The Cupboard to discuss all different things uh, to do with about time or the show or any tangents we have or m- m- maybe t- for you all you listeners to theorize about all the c- discussions we may have had and cut out.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know. because <laughs> have sure, a cool what's the best like conversation the th- we didn't have or that you didn't hear.
1: I'm sure like the deleted scenes in the film there are scars from the removal of different discussions and if you <laughs> analyze this show deep enough you'll realize we've talked about stuff and cut it out or i've just edited it really badly and you hear like yeah. someone it's like that topic change. you know the really end of someone fast. laughing
0: mid laugh it switches topics yeah
1: <laughs> it's it's dangerous grounds normally it manages to work because we tend to tend to have enough tangents that it tangents back in but maybe this one will be the first one i I'd, I'd imagine that i'd just maybe add like a little sound effect and then we'd cut back in or something i don't know to find out, or I'd just pretend that my internet had got lost at that point, and I'd come back in mid-conversation. Mm-hmm. That could have worked. So, uh, know, well, I'm just looking for an interesting one. We haven't actually said "Have a nice day," so no. there we go. Have a nice day. That's one of our politer ones. Have a nice day. Have a nice week, you know. Oh, now I've used two of nice the same life. day. We appreciate your existence. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.